here with Louisa Loxon. Louisa, welcome to the Ward family. And as we're recording this, it's Palm Sunday uh, today, and we actually heard from Louisa in church. And so uh, I'm looking forward to everyone uh, hearing a little bit more about Louisa and her life. And so, Louisa, you're from the Philippines, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more about where you were born and where you grew up. I grew up from a remote place in my country. It's at the foot of Sierra Madre Mountain, which is the highest, tallest mountain in my place. My parents were farmers, poor farmers, but we have tracts of land. Our main source of income are, we call it, cash crops because we get our money from our crops and uh, my parents even though they're uneducated they reach only grade school but they have priority in education that's why they always they always tell me that the dreams not fulfilled in us you should carry on so they try their best to till the soils plow the fields we have a lot of harvest rice corn, vegetables, all kinds. And they would ask Don Pedro, who is the richest guy in our place, who loans money. So my parents would talk to him and tell him to get advance money for our children to go to the city and study. So that's the course of our income. So after harvest of many sacks of rice, corn, tobacco, and name it, they would give it to Don Pedro because in advance they have given already the cash for our education. Even we are poor, we are sent to good schools. And I'm, God is so gracious that uh, I went also where the rich people go. I had a chance because of my parents uh, always reminding me that carry on, study hard. You are the one who will realize our dreams. And when you were growing up, you grew up in the Catholic faith. Yes, and I was born a Catholic. My name was bestowed on me by the priest when he says, I baptize you, Maria Luisa Miguel, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I treasure my name and I have respect because the name was just not given anywhere. It was a ceremony, it was a rite, baptism. And I treasure it. That's why I have high respect for anybody. When I address to be kind to people and calling people, you should not shout on them. You should not show disrespect because they have their names in it. They had the sacrament with them, the sacrament of baptism. And when you were growing up, are there uh, any particular experiences that stand out in your mind as either a particular challenge that you overcame or a particularly positive experience? Because, I'm be, I, because I was ambitious then, I want light. In our place, there was no light because there was no electricity. But I always aspired to go to the city and I study there because there's light. I would study hard. I was not top in class, but I was always the president of the class. And leadership skills, I am, that's my forte. I got it from my mom. My mom is uneducated, but she's very intelligent. She can memorize number of pages of poems. She composes her own poems. And I was so inspired by my mom. In fact, the brothers of my father, when they go to the city to have their education also, they would be discussing about the money that they would bring with them, the sack of rice, whatever they want to bring with them to the, to the city. 
and they're computing it, writing it, but my mom was just listening. And when they, when the the numbers are presented, my mom would just pop in and would give the answer. And they are really surprised. This uneducated lady, but knows she's very bright in math. And she carried on that. I, I inherited her leadership skills. She was always president in the organizations of the apostleship of prayer. They are the prayer warriors of the Pope. They are responsible for praying the rosary, novenas, all of that. And she was the president. In fact, the other ladies in the organizations are professionals, teachers, and other kinds of profession. But my mom has that leadership in her. That's what I get. Even she's a poor farmer, but when she she goes to the occasion, if there's a celebration, they would always stop her as an MC in the program. And for your education, relative to where you were living when you would go into this you'd go into the city for for, for school yes for the elementary i went to a public school in the elementary but in high school i went to saint joseph then i went to a bigger city called manila where the all the big universities like stanford we have we have the university of santo thomas i had my undergrad there where i finished the bachelor of science in education general education and when I had my master's at De La Salle University, run by the American Christian Brothers, where I had my master's. Then there were only two schools in my year of 48 years of experience as a teacher. I had only two schools. Don Bosco, a school also found all over the world. That was my first. I was 18 when I finished college. They asked me, how come it's so 18 years so early? Yeah, because I was grade one, I was five years old, and there are only six grade levels. So I went on to finish my college at 18. My master's was done at the weekend, or if it's summertime, that's when I finished my master's. And you were sharing with me the other day an experience when you were trying to pursue your education and, and prayer uh, served a really meaningful role in that. Prayer is meditations, reflection on the Lord. In fact, when I was studying, we had the so-called Visita Iglesia, that you have to visit nine, seven to nine churches. I experienced that when I was in college. I would walk from one church to another miles, miles away. And I have always wished to the Lord that I will finish my studies, I go further, I can find a jump right away. And that came true. Before graduation in college, I had a novena to St. Jude, the saint for impossible. I prayed, I, I prayed the whole daily 40 days. So I have not graduated then, but I already submitted my resume and I prayed to St. Saint Jude. On the 28th day, I was accepted by the principal of that school. At the same time that year, there were four schools who accepted me because I applied. Who knows who will take me first? But the first school who, who accepted me, I grabbed right away because I was thinking no other schools will take me. So I grabbed Don Bosco. It's a boys' school. It's well-known and discipline is run by the Salesians of Don Bosco. So since I was young, I have my best friend and told me, we'll go to La Salle. La Salle is well-known for the rich and the brainy go and all of that. If you have, you have the capabilities to do it, we can. So I applied to La Salle where I stayed there for 46 years. And uh, how did you decide what you were going to study? Uh, and, and what did you focus on uh, in your in your education and then how what was it that drew you to that i was led to because my highest grade then in college was religion 
study of the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, salvation history, and the life and vision and ministry of Jesus Christ. I was more inclined to that. I was then very spiritual because of the influence my mom. It's in fact my master and my PhD unit and certification is master in education, major in religious and values education. I see to it that when you're educated with the content of Jesus' life, that's not enough. It should be compounded with the character formation of any individual, the good manners and right conduct. You might be knowledgeable in the content of whatever field you have, but you have bad manner, then you are not the person I would want. So it's more of the total, holistic, total development. So I'm inclined to that. So more spiritual prosperity. And uh, I train teachers to become religion teachers. As I mentioned the testimony, I train them how to teach the gospel, the Old and the New Testament the mission of Christ, the ministry of Christ, I really train them. So I dispatch them to different schools, the public schools, because they don't have religion. Private schools, everybody, all schools have a religion subject. And that's valued so much in my country, Christianity, which was uh, uh, grown and is uh, founded by the Spaniards. That's why they made all the big churches there and the, my first school in undergraduate University of Santo Tomas. That's known. If you Google it, so Santo Tomas and De La Salle University, wow, they are the prestigious universities in my country, which I went to mm -hmm. because of my parents' initiative to, to let me go there. And at what point in this process did you meet your husband? Eddie. T. Laxon and Eduardo Eden Eddie Tayag Laxon is the pimple of my best friend, Rose. Rose is my best friend in college and when we were teaching. They broke up Rose and Priming, they are the sweethearts. They are lovers, sweet uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. So there was a time they, they broke off. So Rose had a pimple in Wake Island, in mid of Pacific. It's Eddie. But Rose and Priming reconciled. So my friend Rose told me, the, you, I give you Eddie, you continue with, that was 1969, you, I give you Eddie and you try this other. That was August 1969. So that's how it started. Eddie and I wrote this others daily. There was no Facebook, there was no messenger, there's no phone, not of those kinds. So we just wrote letters. Eddie and I would write letters every day. During Christmas and uh, other special occasions, he would send me the biggest Valentine's card, birthday cards, or Thanksgiving card, whatever it is. That's how it was developed, 1969. 1970, he took his vacation to the Philippines because he was working then in the in mid-Pacific. It's called the Wake Island, uh, where the airplanes, he's a civil engineer, where the airplanes are fixed or where have the refuel when they go to other places, islands or other place in the in that far bit far east where my where my country is. So that's we, we communicated 6970, we met 1970. Then we met again 1971. So proposal and courtship and uh, uh, engagement were all done in papers, writing and writing. Then came a time, and why I was the only to 
I came to know also that he has other 20 uh, pimples and I was on one of them but I was the only one of the 20 he brought to his family to see his uh, his parents uh, sister and brothers in Pampanga there's that's the place so I met them so again we continued we continued we had also date in the park you know, before marriage, no kissing, no everything, no premarital. No, that's the kind of culture we have. And my, I respect also that culture because I'm into it. My parents would always say, no boyfriend. You have to finish your studies. Don't go out with anyone. So I followed that, I followed that to the letter. So 1972, May 4, 1972, we had the wedding. All my friends in school were invited. We prepared very well for the wedding. I had a nice wedding. That's wonderful. And, and when you were sending all these letters back and forth with Eddie, what were the things that stood out to you or that drew you towards him in these letters? He's and very loving. His penmanship is nice. His, thoughtful, his thoughtfulness and kindness were all there in the letter. And I read between the lines, I think I'm falling for this guy. Because during that time, I had also admirers, a CPA, Certified Public Accountant, and Engineer also from other companies. Because I was a teacher then. That year, 69, I was already teaching for, for four years because I started in 65. But, you know, through prayers, I asked again, Novena, I asked before I met Eddie, I, I prayed to St. Joseph. St. Joseph is the giver of good partners. So I prayed out of being St. Joseph to give me a good husband. And here comes Eddie. And he is really meant because the other, suit, the other suitors, admirers, they would come. I'm not at home because I was also boarding in, as a boarder in a house. They would come and I'm not there. So we are not really meant for each other, for the other guys who were courting me. It was really Eddie. And so you got married and then how many kids do you oh, yeah. have? 1972. With, uh, we had honeymoon for I think less than two months. Then we went back to Wake Island. We did not have, we did not much right away, so no baby. So I would write to, to him, you are earning money there, you are saving, but we have no children, you better come home. So he decided, uh, through the prayers also that I keep on uh, storming heavens, <laughs> he came back, he did not go back anymore. So 1972, we got married. My first pregnancy was uh, was uh, miscarriage. I had weak, uh, whatever the findings of the doctor, but I did not have the baby. It was a first miscarriage. And we never used, entire marriage, I never used artificial pills. So I prayed again to St. Gerard. St. Gerard is the patron saint of mothers. I prayed a novena again to St. Gerard that he will give us a baby. So I had it. 1974, September, I had my eldest. My second is November, 1975, Margie. Third, 1977. Fourth is 1978. And the last, I had the miscarriage again because my uterus was becoming weak. 1980 to my youngest. So, my God, when they were going to school, it's one after the other. In college, there's one in first year, second year, third year, fourth year, they were all in college. But I prayed again for the Lord to support us financially and all that. This time it's no more coming from the cash scraps. It's more of the uh, job that my husband and I. But my husband works in the bank, but in the government, the Philippines, they pay less. 
It's happened in my school where the rich go and where those who can manage mentally, they are pay, we are paid well. In fact, when I, when I uh, retired, I was uh, receiving 80,000 a month. And that's big money in the Philippines, the 80,000. That's small in dollars, but that's big in my country. So they were able to, to go to school, uh, although limited budget. And uh, it sounds like when you were growing up as a child, your parents really valued education. That's um, their priority, kind of education. Creating opportunities. What were some of the things, I'm assuming that you valued education very highly for your own children, but were there other things that you and Eddie tried to focus on with your children? We focused on their upbringing, practice of good manners and right conduct. As a teacher, you should practice what you preach. That's, uh, it's written in my mind and my heart that what I preach, I should do it. It's more of guidance, inspiring them. They see the effort that my husband and I are doing, so they strive. And I told them, no getting married until you finish college. You can get married right after college because your opportunities after college, you have more. Because when applicants would come there and you submit your resume, they will also look at your educational background, which is vital in your application for the job. And if you have, if you reach better education, your pay is higher. It's good because uh, with constant reminders, no one was rebelde, how do you call it, rebelde? There was one against us, they continued. And I'm happy that all finished college before I come to America. Mm-hmm. My waiting for my visa took me 24 years to wait, but I did not mind because I was more on the education of my children. If I left early, coming to the United States, they might not have finished their education. Like my other friends who came to the U.S., they came early, but there's some of their children that did not finish. And I, that reminded me of that, the consequence. And when did you come to the United States? I came in, that was October 17, 2013. And what brought you to the Bay Area in particular? Uh, yeah, my brother Elmer is the one who petitioned me under the F4, brother to sister or sister to brother. He petitioned me that I can come with uh, the requirements of the immigration, what, whatever department is that. So they, I, I fulfilled and I, was, uh, I had the chance to come here. And I discovered many things because in my country, as early in the morning, Four o'clock in the morning, there was a long, long line of people going to the U.S. Embassy to wait for their, for their papers to come out, for their application to come. So I was thrilled by that. And some of my relatives are in the United States. Some are nurses. Some are teachers. And all my friends are here all over and they're making good in their own because they were young when they came. Not me, I retired there. For them, no. They are in their... 28-30 and they are making good now like in New York the best teacher in math was was my fellow teacher in La Salle my mm-hmm. education starts and I'm very proud because my supervisors and uh, uh, administrators in the school where I taught are all graduates of Stanford Harvard MIT and name it and we, we have exchange fellows for our professors they can teach in Harvard some of the professors they can teach in the university we have that kind of program, and I'm happy about. I had no more the chance because I was coming to America already, and I was retiring already. Because it would conflict if ever I go abroad and come to to United States, it will disrupt the that kind of paper that you are under F four 
for petition and now you are getting out of the there are many regulations so i did not mind i i will wait for my time to come with eddie how long were you married yeah 38 38 years 1974 we were married may 4 this coming may 4 will be my golden anniversary oh, well. yeah because we were married 1972 and 2022 is 50 years ago we lasted for 38 years with ups and downs of married life but you know what saved my marriage is the holy family i believe in the holy family that my prayer jesus mary and joseph that's my mantra save my family for the sake of my children i would say that again and again when there's misunderstanding at home we are not we are in cold war i thank god also because he never was he was never physical on me he says words that hurts my feelings so so hurt but uh, no physical that's one thing i asked the lord also that that's why and the lord listened to my prayer and gave now we never talk of separation we never talk of divorce and uh, we went through the 38 years of married life and i treasure that and now that uh, you're here in the united states you got baptized uh, not that long ago so just a couple Four of months, months ago. Yeah. 19. yeah so for 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 people in our ward who aren't uh, familiar with how you got introduced to our church, how did you find the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? The, the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saint was drawn to me when I used to sit at the corner of Grant and Portland. That's the waiting where the bus station is. One Sunday, I discovered that for one hour i've been waiting for the bus and there's no bus and i said how come there's no bus so i went around the vicinity of the church but i always glance when i sit there for 45 minutes waiting for the bus on regular days i would sit and i ask myself what kind of church is this why is there no cross that that caught my attention so i went around when i read there the church of jesus christ of the latter-day saints visitors welcome or welcome visitors. That caught my attention so visitors can come in. So that Sunday, following Sunday, I so I moved I moved to the vicinity. I was looking in the window, there's a man who came because I saw small children in the room and said, Oh, you use the other room, go there and enter. So I went and entered. I, I sat at the last pew where the benches are. I sat there, not on the chairs. I sat there quietly and observed. What first impressed me are the children. I'm pro-life. The babies were there. They were all there. There were, I even saw five kids, one after the other. I remember my own children. And they were present. That's the first. The second Sunday I came, I was still visitor. I had the courage, after listening to this testimonies going on, I said, why can't I go I myself? And there's a lady beside me. All the while she knows I'm already a member, but we don't know each other. It's Med Bakhtad. And I said, can I go also? I said, oh, yes, yes, he said. So I went. So I so on my first testimony was a visitor. After my declaration of my experience of the Lord, and of, uh, I didn't mention about being Catholic. I just mentioned about my experience with Jesus Christ. And there were some who said you're insightful, you're good, and all of that, even Kaylee Harris came to me, Louisa, I like your talk and all of that. 
I saw the faces of these people who were sincere in expressing their appreciation of my talk, repeating my lines, and that's something. Then I was invited to, to the society teaching, so I listened and listened to the other uh, men who is also giving uh, his teachings. I, I was exposed to those, so I would listen. I am happy because what they are talking about about Jesus is the very same Jesus Christ I taught. The only difference is the names that I could mispronounce like uh, Moroni, Nephi, Sariah, and all of those. They are new and most especially, honestly, Joseph Smith. All the way I know is John Smith, the ranger with the horse with all of that. That's what I know John Smith in the TV because I was young then, I liked that movie. But every time there's a testimony, I hear about Joseph Smith. That later on I discovered when I was given the two big uh, Bible and uh, Doctrine and Covenants by later on which I met jo Jacob and Noah. That's I came, we came that they were, they were consistent in mentoring me because they were sent, I think, by God to, to closely watch on me. And when I go to the teachings and Kayla would tell me, Oh, Louisa, you're here. Visiting, they would always say visitor. That is something for me, but you're welcoming and I'm only a visitor. Then when Noah and Jacob, uh, after some interview or some assignments in the Book of Mormons, they already arranged the baptism. With, without any qualms, I submitted myself. Yes, I arranged for, they arranged for the December 19, 2021. But prior to that, I sought prayers from my friends. I did not mention about the Mormons. I did. I mentioned because I was asking them, but I did not mention any of baptism. I just told them that please pray for my good intentions, especially my regular staff when I was the director of the Del Sal University Catechetical Center. They were the first one I sought for prayers for my good intention. They did not ask, but they prayed for me. And my big baptism pushed through. That means it's it's God's will. And I'm very happy. I have no regrets. It's not too late to be in your community because when God calls anytime, you will be discovering in my pronouncement of testimonies that it's a standard for me already to always recognize God's presence. That's why you will notice every now and then that I will always say, let's all remember that you are in the most holy presence of God. And I always invoke on the Holy Spirit when I say, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. That will be always my introductory whenever I give my testimony. In my other speeches, I always begin, begin with Matthew 7, 7. As and you shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Seek and you will find. So all my other speeches begin that way. But with your community, the first introductory will always come. And I hope it will sustain me to, to give that remark. And I'll never forget also the prayer in Jesus Christ at the end. In Jesus Christ. But after the testimony, I will follow the formula that you have in the restoration book, which is specified there. Addressing your Father, Heavenly Father, Eternal Father, and if you end it in Jesus' name, Amen. 
and live Jesus in our hearts forever. So Louisa, I think that's a, a wonderful place actually for us to end uh, this conversation, but hopefully it's just the beginning of many conversations that you'll have with people here in our ward uh, as they get to know you a little bit better in the same way that I have. Um, it's just been a real joy to have you in our ward family.